0: This is the Simi Sarah Show on News Talk 980 CKNW, Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk.
1: Well, is it just an unfortunate side effect of our political system and the way it is? Or is it just something that is deeply wrong, a sign that something is really wrong and we have to change it? You've been hearing this morning about a story that Gary Mason did in the Globe and Mail about these pricey meetings that uh, people are having in order to get some FaceTime with either the premier or government ministers, and as Gord pointed out, politicians of all stripes uh, do this. You pay a lot less to have access to John Horgan and some NDP MLAs. However, they they do this as well. But the kind of money that they're talking about for this fundraiser for the BC Liberals, $20,000 to have a little bit of FaceTime. It's billed as kind of an exclusive one-on-one event where you'll be able to chat with the premier and perhaps a couple of MLAs or a couple of ministers as well all to raise money for the B.C. Liberal fundraising machine. This is a problem in Ontario. Clearly, it's a problem in B.C. And it's been a problem that's been going on for some time. We're going to get to that in a moment. But first, let's hear what Gary Mason had to say this morning with John McComb.
0: I suppose, you know, uh, these dinners uh, that I wrote about today are being organized uh, in all sort of corners of the province. And uh, they're not just dinners, but they're, you know, private receptions. Where somebody uh, who has an issue, perhaps uh, CEO of a company, say a forest company, who's got a, a timber rights issue, you know, it's it's not always easy to get in to see the premier. Well, here's an opportunity to go and and spend spend some time with her and and talking about your issue and uh, and you know you, you, that same person might might attend more more than one of these events so they can get extra time with with the premier and. Uh, what bothers me is it's just it's it's just this privileged access that you get if you happen to be rich and, and have, have the kind of money that, uh, that uh, gives you entree into these kind of events. And it's, it's just fundamentally wrong.
1: I am in total agreement with Gary Mason on this. It is fundamentally wrong. If you're rich, you have the money. You can go and bend the ear of politicians who are in power. But if you're, you know, a senior... If you're disabled, you lost your bus pass, do you think you can do that? you think you can go and tell the premier your personal story about how deeply that has impacted you? No, heck, you can't even afford your bus pass, let alone get in there to one of these dinners and uh, tell the premier how much their policies are hurting you. So, yeah, I think Gary Mason actually bang on with that one. There is something fundamentally wrong with that. But here's the thing, as I mentioned They've been going on for quite some time. Dermot Travis is with us now, the Executive Director of Integrity BC. Hi, Dermot.
2: Hi, Simi.
1: You've been writing about this for a couple of years, haven't you?
2: I have, and I'm really glad that it's getting the attention that it is right now.
1: How has this problem good. grown? Because I know I was reading some of your stuff from a couple of years ago, and it looks like the price of access has actually increased.
2: Certainly it seems that the price of access has increased. And I think Gary's raised a really important point in all of this, and that is... proposal for Metro Vancouver was there. They also sponsored an appreciation dinner for John Less. The seating plan was struck so that Belcor would be sitting with the Minister of Environment. And when you see those types of relationships going on across the province,
0: and as you mentioned,
2: getting really pricey now, yeah. people flying out from Ontario to plate dinner with the premier in 2014 and it's sending the entirely wrong signal to the public money should not buy access
1: how difficult has it been for you for anybody really to actually find out about these dinners
2: um it's incredibly difficult because they're certainly not publicized uh to the media and one of the things about the events that the media knows about the leaders dinner that uh the parties put on every year is that they can go to them They can look around the room and see who's there. They usually have 900,000 people at them. With these particular meals, you don't know who's there. Uh, And it doesn't just stop at meals, which is something that I think people... A couple of more cabinet ministers, they could have had a cabinet meeting on the fourth hole.
1: Yeah, no kidding. We can't get those guys on the phone to ask basic questions that the general public wants to know about.
2: And here's how the invitation read from the party, because we also got a copy of that. You will be able to partake in a high-quality lunch with select BC wines served in the hideaway where you can indulge in a fine scotch and a cigar.
1: Oh, well, isn't that fancy? Uh, Dermot, I guess the problem I see here is that clearly political parties feel like they can get away with this. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't feel like there is a political price for them to pay with the general voting public for this.
2: And I think the public has to make certain that politicians know that there will be a price to pay. Nova Scotia, Quebec, Manitoba, Alberta and the federal level have all banned corporate and union donations to political parties. At all of those provinces, they also have a cap on how much an individual can donate, so you can't turn around and just do it in your personal name instead of your corporate name. You mentioned Ontario at at the start. I think it's as sickening in Ontario what Kathleen Wynne did. But at least in Ontario, they have a cap. I believe it's $15,000 for a corporation that they can donate in any calendar year. In B.C., we have no cap. So that you see people writing, not people, but corporations like Tech Resources writing out checks for $100,000 to the B.C. Liberal Party. Coincidentally, Tech Resources is going to be eligible for the B.C. Hydro uh, Rate Deferment Program for its mining operations in British Columbia. You then see all of these other coincidental arrangements. The company that uh, built the Portman Bridge on February 18th, five of the companies associated with that contract all wrote out checks for $5,000 each to the B.C. Liberal Party in 2009. Ten days later, they signed the contract. What? Yes. Kiewit then made another donation after signing for $7,500, and a few days after the B.C. Liberal Party won the 2009 election, they cut a check for $50,000 to
1: the party. Oh, that just none of that sounds good, Dermot. So, what do we do? Like, if there's no, if they feel like they can get away with it, and there's there's no incentive, it seems like to, for them to stop. How do we give them an incentive to stop?
2: Well, I think number one, the media has to report this more than they've done in the past. It's an important story. The public is interested in it. Anyone doubts that, just look at the number of recommends on Gary Mason's call. So true. Today. You know, it's right there. The public wants to know about this. They're fed up with it. They want to see. What's happened in Nova Scotia, Quebec, Manitoba, and Alberta, more than two-thirds of British Columbians, according to our public opinion surveys, are in support of banning corporate and union donations. The principle should simply be, if you cannot mark an X on a ballot in British Columbia, you shouldn't be allowed to donate.
1: To a political party. That makes perfect sense. That makes such perfect sense. Also, before I let you go here, Dermot, I want to ask you does it disturb you at all? I mean, it disturbed me to hear that this last particular fundraiser in this article discussed today uh, was hosted by the chancellor of Simon Fraser University.
2: Uh, very disturbing. And while, while the chancellor is usually, as we saw uh, up with the University in Prince George, a political appointee, uh, at the same time, a chancellor should recognize that they are now in a different type of office, and they do not show partisanship in that office. But you look at the boards of all the universities in B.C., where the B.C. government can appoint a majority of the members to every single college and university in the province.
1: disturbing. I'm I'm an SFU student myself and this one really left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, Dermot, thank you for helping us talk about this today. Good to be with you. Thank you. That is Dermot Travis, the Executive Director of Integrity BC. I'm going to open up the phone lines here and if you want to have your say, 604-280-9898. Is it time for us to push forward and say, end this practice? Or do you think it's just Political fair play six zero four two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight. We'll hear from you when we come back. All right, I have a couple more calls on the line here. We're talking about the awful practice of corporations, unions donating big time to political parties, and it has come up because of uh, this story that in the Globe and Mail today from Gary Mason about how there's these secret, you know, BC Liberal fundraisers where people are paying. $20,000, and it's billed as being able to have a couple of minutes of access uh, to the Premier and some of her closest government ministers. And it just it seems so wrong when we know that so many people can't even get their MLA to answer basic questions for them. Uh, let me go to Mike on the line. Hi, Mike.
0: Hi, Cindy. I, I agree with the first two callers 100%, and we'll take it one step further in that it's taking away our access to these people because they're more interested in the money um, you know, that's part of it is the time that's taken by it.
1: Yeah, you're place, right. It's kind of like a what have you done right? for me lately?
0: Exactly. And the other place where this is really predominant and doesn't get talked about is municipal politics. Yeah.
1: Because
0: if you look at some of the donations that are going on and some of the stuff that goes on they, with them as well, and they get the same, they use the same method of um, of attracting uh, people to them you know, by allowing access if you pay for it, and and again, I mean, you try and get a hold of a counselor and, sir, and get them to answer a question for you. You have to go at it four, five, six times before someone will find the answer, and then you get the stock answer. You don't, you don't actually talk with you and have a discussion.
1: Yeah, no, good point, Mike. Thank you. I had a couple emails on that as well. Municipal politics not immune to this issue at all. Used to be you could phone a city councillor and get some answers. And I wonder how successful people are at that these days. I think it's time. I think from everything we've heard this morning, the last couple of years, as Dermot Travis pointed out, the price for this access to government ministers seems to go up and up every year. It is time to ban corporate and union donations. And I can't say it any better than Dermot. As he said earlier, if you can't cast a vote, you shouldn't be allowed to donate to a party. It just seems so simple. Companies can't vote, therefore they shouldn't be paying for access to politicians. I don't think it gets any simpler than that. Here we are, a year away or so from an election. If ever there was a time to say to a political party out there, put this on your agenda. Put this in your election platform. Talk about it constantly and maybe, just maybe, you'll find that you get support for this. This is the time for them to do that. But who will actually stand up and take that kind of courageous move forward. I'm not sure there's a party out there that would do that. I would love to hear... If there is one, you can weigh in with your thoughts. Send me at cknw.com. You can call our buzzline as well and let us know what you feel about this, because we'll be playing some of those comments coming up a little bit later. Richard wrote me to say, yeah, I'm sure not too happy to hear that the heads of public institutions are shilling for political parties. But what else, Richard says, would you expect from the B.C. liberals? These people are political appointments and happy to make contributions back to the party. He said, let's not forget their slogan, family first. Oh, that's clever. I guess you're talking about the BC Liberal family in that case here. But let's be fair, as we heard also earlier, both parties do this. They're just charging a lot more on the BC Liberal side than the NDP are because they're the ones in power. This is the time to get this change. Send me at cknw.com. The News 211 is next. We're talking about this practice, this really disturbing practice of political parties using fundraising dinners to grant access, close access to politicians. BC Liberals doing this in a big way. You can read Gary Mason's column today all about that. We're talking $20,000 for a few close personal minutes with the premier that's the access that they are selling and you know we should be banning corporate donations Dermot Travis from Integrity BC said it perfectly if you can't cast a vote then you shouldn't be able to donate to a political party so he's talking about corporations corporations don't cast a vote companies don't cast a vote therefore you shouldn't be allowed to contribute to political parties pretty simple. Many provinces have done this. Ontario, where this whole paying for access to politicians has just been kind of stinking up the news coverage there, has announced that they will also, we'll see what it looks like, but they will be tightening up corporate donations. As I said, we'll have to see. Why not NBC? Let me go to Nick, who's on the line. Hi, Nick.
3: Hey, how you doing?
1: Good. What did you want to say?
3: Well, I've got a couple of points to make in regards to this. You know, this hand-wringing from the media goes on constantly in regards to this in the United States right now, as of uh, two days ago, the issue has been, uh, you know what's going on in the States when it comes to funding and super PACs. Yeah. George Clooney is hosting a dinner. Uh, isn't that Hollywood. awful? That is
1: awful. I saw that. Yes,
3: $335,000 per person, a uh, fundraiser for Hillary Clinton. And Bernie Sanders has an idea, which is not new, but he's pushing the idea. It's been rooted about here in this country for years and the media for some reason never picks up on this thing the one answer to all of this is public financing of elections
1: like 100% public financing so they don't have to raise money
3: well you know look in this province it's an election every 4 years uh in if federally it's once every 5 years how onerous a burden is it is it hmm. for the public to be financing elections that cuts out All the out-of-towners, out-of-province, out-of-country, all of that, we as electors are responsible for funding the elections. That gets rid of all these $20,000 plate dinners. And why isn't the media not at least taking on this little uh, issue?
1: Well, Nick, guess what? We just heard you do that right now. And I will tell people if they want to weigh in with what Nick just said, let me know. Simi at cknw.com. Let me go to Kit, who's also called in. Hi, Kit.
0: Yeah, I I look at this as similar to, like, the Quebec graft issue they had with the construction firm. Right. Same idea. And it falls under the same thing as what your last caller just said. You know, uh, if, if there was a political will, there'd be a way. But the policemen that are running that political will are the guys that are collecting the cash.
1: Right. And you know, we, we have to be the ones to punish them, though, and there doesn't seem to be a willingness on the part of the general public to punish political parties for doing this. I,
0: I'm against party politics in general to some extent because it means that the party is making the decisions of what Canada wants, not the individuals that make up the party.
1: Yeah, I hear you on that one. Kit, thank you for that. 604 280 Ninety-eight. I wanted to just say Linda wrote me here and said, I have no problem with any of the officials accepting money for speaking at dinners or other functions. However, as they are working, Linda says, in quotes, for their constituents that elected them and the payments received should go into general revenues for our B.C. government. Another interesting point. There are some more calls on the line. We're going to get to them right after this.
2: This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's news, Vancouver's talk.